want to share with you a little secret here. I want to share with you what is my biggest role as a coach in, in helping somebody get in shape, helping somebody get jacked for the first time. And there's a lot of misconceptions about that, but I'm going to say right now, my job, my main job, the thing that actually drives results isn't necessarily to write the most perfect workouts. And that was a blow to my ego when I first figured that out because I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to write the best workouts, um, how to coach technique the best way, how to get somebody from point A to point B as fast as possible in terms of their technique and learning the right exercise and all that stuff. And I realized like, man, that's not even the main thing. And then as we built on the nutrition side of things, I really wanted to learn about nutrition and you know biology and all that sort of shit. And I realized like, dude, prescribing the most accurate macros really has nothing to do with my job. Not nothing to do with my job, but it's not the thing that moves the needles. Cause I could, I could just tell you some macros right here on the podcast and it wouldn't mean shit, right? There's, there's more to it. And then my job isn't to share some trade secrets that like only coaches know, right? That's, that's not it. Uh, there's, there's nothing behind the curtain that's not available to, to the general public. There's not, uh, so, so what is the role? What is the job? The job is to get people out of their own way because that's what's holding you back. The number one thing that's holding you back from getting what you want, from walking around in a physique that you're fucking proud of is you. You're getting in your own way and that's okay. Good news. You can get out of your own way and that's, that's what people like me do. We help you figure that shit out because I'm going to tell you right now that nutrition Fitness at its core, it's all incredibly simple, incredibly simple. And like, and I'm not like, dude, there's shit that the top bodybuilders do, or there's, there's some complex stuff that the top power lifters do or, or, or whatever, like the people in the top 1% of every field in fitness, like, yes, dude, it gets, there, there are some complicated things that they do, but they're standing on a foundation of just massively repeating the basics over and over again. And for you to get to the top, like, let's call it a 90th percent in terms of, uh, performance in terms of physique, in terms of being in the best shape of people out there, dude, it's fucking simple. You don't have to do that much more than the basics. And so if it's so simple, why do so many people walk around in, in bodies that they're ashamed of in bodies that are weak in bodies that are frail, uh, in bodies that look sloppy? Why is that? It's because this shit is simple, but it's not always easy to implement in real life. And that's why so many people are struggling with it. And so, you know, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of ways in which people get in their own way. There's a lot of ways in which people struggle with their, with their fitness, with their nutrition. But today we're going to talk specifically about clarity. And more, more specific than that, we're going, to, we're going to give you some clarity on the workout side of the equation. Because while nutrition will drive most, of the, most if not all of the results with fat loss, you are going to spend the majority of your physical energy on, on workouts when you're in this transformation process. And we don't want to waste any time, any energy on workouts that aren't really moving the needle for us. So that's what I want to get you know, really clear on today. Because people are confused about what they're supposed to be doing in the gym. And this lack of clarity leads to just a misunderstanding of why they're there in the first place. And then ultimately, it's, time, it's wasted time and effort. So we're here, to, uh, we're here to put a stop to that, okay? So how do we do that? I do that. I'm going to share with you the three pillars uh, of my training. This is what I do personally. Uh, this is this, these are the pillars of all my clients, and more importantly, I'm gonna, I'm just going to give you an overview of how I look at it. So, if I look at the three pillars, and again, if if it helps for a visual, you can also think of a Venn diagram because there's a lot of overlap between these things. 
But the three, the three of them are health slash longevity, longevity, sorry, longevity, um, health and longevity. That's one pillar. Aesthetics is the second pillar. So looking better, people go to the gym to look better. Don't bullshit me. And then performance. But what does that even mean? We'll dive into that in a second. So health and longevity, like what is it? Well, from a breakdown, from a, from a workout standpoint, it's joint mobility. Okay. It's core stability. It's balance. It's overall basically athleticism, if you will, but it's, it's maintaining that athleticism as you age. And so if you, if you just, you know, run red line on your body all the time and you never do anything to maintenance it, you know, think, think of a, a, a race car, I guess, if you will, they can drive really, really fucking fast, but they also require a ton of maintenance to make sure their machine is working properly all the time. And so the way that we do that with our fitness, the way that we take care of our body in terms of maintenance it, maintenancing it so that it can perform for us for a very long time is we take care of our joints, okay? We make sure that we have plenty of core strength so our back doesn't hurt. We make sure that our muscles stay pliable and flexible. We make sure that we can balance and we can jump and we can move through three, three dimensions of space, right? Uh, and that we're just basically spry overall. And so how do I do it? How do I do it? Dude, I put it in the, for, for my clients, especially I put it in the front of their workout. Like it's 10 to 15 minutes per workout of very specific mobility movements um, and just movements to help overall athleticism and body awareness in that alone, that very small amount of targeted work in terms of joint mobility, core strength, et cetera, goes a very, very long way. And it serves as a great warm up. So it's like, dude, that's all you got to do. Do that shit frequently. And then on your days off, you can, you can do the same thing just to, just to get your body online. If you're feeling a little tight, that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. And I have very specific exercises we do in our program, but you know, to give you the overview, most people are tight in their hips and in their upper back. And so if you can target those areas for flexibility, and then you can make sure that your core is staying nice and strong, you're going to have like 80% of the work done. Okay. And, and the rest is going to come down to, you know, where you're at specifically. Okay. So that's how I do it, man. It's, it's, it's very targeted work for the three, for, for three main areas, which is core, upper back and hips. And if you do that, you're covered, you're covered. The move we use, by the way, the, to tie it all together for the core work, we, we do a shitload of dead bugs. If you don't know what that is, Google it. If you want to throw in dead bugs, uh, Xperity, E-X-P-E-R-I-T-Y, that, that's, uh, that's the name of our old gym. You can see some old videos where Angie and I were doing tutorials of how to do that move correctly. Uh, recommend it, right? But um, <laughs> damn, did you guys hear that car outside? Um, dude was cruising. Anyway, so... That's what it is. Okay. That's health and that's health and longevity. It's just maintaining the underlying chassis, right? Making sure that you are good to go, that your body's going to be able to perform for you for the remainder of your years. Pillar number two is aesthetics. We want to look better. Okay. There's a ton of misconceptions about how to look better and specifically how to use the gym to look better. There's oh, and, and let me say this. There's only two sides of it. Okay. There's only two stimuli, I guess, that you can use. One is losing body fat and the second one is building muscle. So let's address body fat first. Really, you can't do it. I mean, you can, no, you can't do it in the gym. Actually, never mind. You can't do it in the gym. 
you you can't you can burn some calories in the gym but like at the end of the day it's so few calories that you can actually burn in your workout compared to how easy it would be to then over consume those calories to really dial in on your body fat you want to do that from a nutrition perspective if we are using the gym to look better we're doing so by building muscle and this is the other place where it gets confused because people think there's different ways of building muscle. You could build bulky muscle or you could build functional muscle or you could build long and lean muscle. Like, no, your body doesn't have those mechanisms. You can only build muscle. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, all, that's like literally the only response you can have, right? You can build muscle or you can make muscle stronger, which even in the process of making it stronger, you'll still build a little bit. And even in the process of just focusing purely on building muscle, you'll probably get a little bit stronger too. And so what is this? This is lifting weights, guys. This is lifting weights. And specifically when we're lifting weights to look better, we're going to be lifting uh, a medium, medium uh, load. So like medium heavy weights, and that's relative to us. And we're going to do it in rep ranges of It could be 8 to 30, realistically, but most people don't want to sit there and pump out 30 reps. So, like, let's just call it 8 to 12. But here's the thing. When you're doing those 8 to 12 reps, it has to be, like, if you do a set of 8, it means that the ninth rep, you were probably going to fail on. Or at the very least, you were so tired that your technique was going to break down significantly. That's that's how hard it has to be. That's probably that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions out there. Um, if I were to generalize that men and women are different, which is a radical notion in this day and age, men will tend to go too close to failure and they will rip out a bunch of shitty reps long after the technique is given out and they hurt themselves. And women will tend to go stop the set way short, use way too light a weight and never really push themselves to the point where they're even close to failure. Those are generalizations, but you know, like I said, radical idea that men and women are different anyway. Um, that's, that's how you do it, right? So you do, you look at all the major muscle groups. And so we, the way that we do it in our program is we start with compound movements. That means simply that you're moving, um, you're using multiple joints at once. So for example, in the push up. You are using your elbow and your shoulder, right? So you're hitting your chest, your shoulder, and your tricep all in one movement. That's good. We want those compound movements. So we look at pushing, pulling, and then lower body. Okay, so upper body pushing and pulling could be like a push-up and then like a dumbbell row. Those are compound movements for those categories. And then lower body really could be broken up into hamstring and quad. But, I mean, honestly, if you squat, you're going to hit your hamstrings, um, you know, if you do lunges, even though it's focused mostly on your hamstrings and your glutes, like you're still going to get some quads. So it's like we, for a lot of times, you don't break it up that much. But it's like, yeah, dude, if you, in a workout sense, like let's just say you're doing a total body workout, which by the way, I recommend uh, for most people who are beginners or most people who are over 35, just because from a time perspective, it usually makes sense um, because you're going to be doing other stuff with your life. So it's like, if you do a total body workout, you can do three workouts a week. You can get in, get out and, and be good. So it's like, man, you're going to do your compound. You're going to start with your warm up which is going to do your joint mobility, your core stuff, get your body primed, but also keep you spry overall. And then you're going to move in your compounds and it's going to be like a pushing, a pulling and a lower body exercise, maybe three to five sets of each, you know, in that eight to 12 rep range, if you're looking to build muscle and boom, that's it. And then you can move on to what we call isolation work, which is targeted work for smaller muscle groups, like biceps, triceps, shoulders, glutes, or whatever you want to focus on. 
the glutes aren't technically a small muscle group, but people like to focus on them. So then we'd go into the focus work after that. And we could do a couple sets each for biceps, triceps, shoulders, glutes, whatever it is you want to focus on, whatever it is you have time for. That's it. That's how you work out for aesthetics. And there's all, man, there's so much bullshit about workouts that make that claim to make you look better. But if you look at the underlying mechanism, it's like, how does this make you look better? And there's only one way your body, well, two ways your body can respond. And that is by losing body fat, which as we discussed happens with nutrition. And then from there, putting on muscle, there's no, you can't do a specific workout to put on a specific type of muscle. You can't do a specific workout to build a specific type of look like you're either building muscle or you're not. There's, there's no in between, you know? And so that's when we look at how do I get better for aesthetics? We lift in that rep range. We, you know, I gave you a general template for the workout. Do that combined with losing body fat in the gym. So as you lose that body fat, there is muscle revealed underneath. And that's, that's what an athletic person looks like. Most people want to look athletic, right? They want to have a presence about them. And so that's what it is. So now we can move on to performance. So what does that even mean? Glad you asked, even though you didn't really ask. I just asked the question. What is it? So I look at it as twofold, especially for grownups. Okay. So from a purely physical and like gym perspective, performance means I'm going to push my envelope a little bit. It means I am going to, um, run a marathon. I am going to see how much I can deadlift or squat or bench press. Like I'm going to push the limits of my strength. So it's like, generally speaking, it's pushing the limits of my strength or pushing the limits of my endurance, seeing what my body's capable of. Dude. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Now there's another side to it though, which is I'm going to use performance to me might mean how can this help me perform in my job better? How can this help me perform my, my roles in life better? Whether it's CEO, whether it's dad, whether it's husband, right? And this is important too. And so, because like if you are tired all the time doing something in the gym, like increasing your cardiovascular endurance will give you more energy outside the gym. It will give you more mental clarity outside the gym. If you are a leader speaking in front of people, let's just say, or leading a team, having a commanding presence is important. And you can build that commanding presence by being very, very fucking certain and confident in your physical capabilities. That shit transfers over. If you deadlift 500 pounds and you, you know what I mean? You, that confidence in your physical abilities will transfer over to your confidence and your ability to lead. You know what I mean? Not always one-to-one. It's not like everybody who can have the 500 pounds is a great leader. What I'm saying is they, they work together, right? And they feed each other. So if you're a great leader, but you're very, very like you feel weak and you feel frail and you, and you lack confidence in your physical capabilities, you're holding yourself back as a leader. And if you, if you took care of that problem, if you took care of that lack of confidence in your physical abilities, you become a better leader. Like full stop. It's not a popular opinion, right? Nobody like, nobody wants to believe, you know, that sounds like meathead logic. Nobody wants to believe that people will follow someone just because of their presence. We want to believe that it's what's on the inside, right? That like, oh my gosh, you know, oh no, everybody will see, you know, everybody will see the good in your heart. Like, no, that's unfortunately not true. That's not how humans work. The, the wrapper, the packaging, it fucking matters. So going, I mean, that goes back to aesthetics as well but also the presence for you to command a room or for people to respect you. It starts with respecting yourself. And oftentimes that comes from knowing what you're physically capable of. All right. So that's 
performance is a little bit more complicated than just like, oh, I ran a little bit faster because it's, it's, it's pushing my physical abilities and having that confidence in myself and pushing my own limits leads over and, and helps me perform better in my other roles outside of the gym. So like I said, it could be pushing your strength levels up. It could be pushing your endurance levels up. It could be competing in a sport. You know what I mean? A Spartan race or something like that. Um, in my case, jujitsu. These things are awesome, man. And so how do you do it? Well, I don't know. I can give you the, I, I can give you the strength and the endurance side of it for sure. Right. From a strength perspective, remember how we talked about like eight to 12 reps is how you build muscle. Well, dude, if you're going to push your strength up, you've got to get to the five rep in below range. So now you're lifting very, very heavy uh, relative to your specific abilities. What that will do is it, it, it will make you stronger, which is simply getting stronger really just means that your muscles can contract more efficiently. Um, you, you may add some muscle, but not as much as if you were in those other rep ranges, but it is the most effective path to getting stronger, right? From an endurance standpoint, the for most people, dude, because that's a whole other complicated subject, but for most people, if we just look at, dude, if, you, if you're doing nothing for cardio right now, the biggest thing you can do to help yourself is build up what's called your aerobic base, which is that zone two, zone two. And what, here's a great formula that makes it really easy. 180 minus your age. That's what your heart rate should be on the treadmill, the bike, the elliptical, whatever it is. So if you're 40 years old, 180 minus your age is 140. Working out at a consistent 140 beats per minute will build your endurance really, really well. And for that, you're looking at, if you're just starting out, 90 minutes a week, like three 30-minute sessions. And then you build that up over time. Doing that will get your resting heart rate lower because it makes your heart more efficient. It allows you to move more blood throughout your body, which means that you can deliver nutrients to your muscles and recover better from your strength workouts. It means you can remove um, waste products from your muscles, uh, which also means you recover and get sore less. So it's like, that that's where you start, Right. And then from there, if you're, if you're going to run like a marathon or an ultra marathon, you probably want to get some specific coaching on that. And same with your strength. It's like, okay, if you're going to go perform in a powerlifting meet or something, you probably need to go get specific coaching on that. But that is what performance is. And I think it is honestly a little bit underrated, a little bit underrated. A lot of people, a lot of people kind of see the gym and it's compartmentalized in their life. Probably the biggest mistake you can make is say, hey, this is a luxury for me. Like, oh, it'd be, it's nice that I get to go work out. Like, no, motherfucker, <laughs> you have to go work out. Because if you are going to be effective in every other area of your life, you have to be effective as an individual. And that starts with your physicality. And so that goes to aesthetics. But more importantly, that goes to performance. If you never know what you're capable of, if you never push your limits, that's going to bleed up over into other areas of your life as well. You know what I mean? And I feel, I feel very, you know, for example, in business as an entrepreneur and as a CEO, I am constantly pushing my limits. I am constantly uncomfortable as, as my company scales. And I believe that there is a massive carryover from putting myself in uncomfortable positions physically. And when I say uncomfortable, I just mean simply, um, uncharted territory, pushing my levels of endurance and signing up for races, signing up for jujitsu competitions, getting on the mat and fucking fighting somebody that makes you so uncomfortable. It, it, it makes you so uncomfortable. And then you, and then what, what that translates to is, Oh, this discomfort 
always precedes a massive amount of growth. It always precedes a breakthrough. And I just, I think that's massively underrated in our society, you know? So it's like, we can be very prescriptive with these workouts, which is, which is kind of what I'm doing for you right now, but I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't say it was more than just prescriptive, that you can look at these as a way to really make your entire life better because these, these, these will bleed over into other areas of your life. Okay. I'm going to move on now. The way that these three things, these pillars tie together, I told you before to put in your mind like a Venn diagram. And so I love the Venn diagram analogy because there is a lot of overlap. You know what I mean? There's a lot of overlap. If you like working out to build muscle is healthy. There's, there's overlap there because muscle is what moves your bones, right? And we lose muscle as we age. So the more muscle you have, the that's directly tied to your ability to remain mobile as you age. Like that's a good thing. Health, um, health and muscle building go hand in hand. Obviously, performance, if you're looking at cardiovascular, like even strength, strength and cardiovascular conditioning can be healthy, right? They are healthy. <laughs> they add to your health. And so, you know, for our program, I would say we're almost like in the middle. But the cool thing is you can skew to one area. You can skew anywhere on that Venn diagram. So it's like, dude, if you are younger, you might skew towards the aesthetic and performance side because honestly, you just haven't racked up injuries yet. You, like you can get away with more, right? If you are over 35, let's just say you're probably n- you're not going to skew too far away from the health side of things for too long. You may take a very short season to push your push your limits in terms of performance, but then after you do that, you're going to take some time off and go back and recover, right? And so I love the analogy of the Venn diagram because the other thing it tells you is that if you go too far in any one direction, you end up completely removed from the other circles. So if you go all performance, all if you go just all performance, well, dude, you are removing yourself from aesthetics. And you're removing yourself from health. Example, you know, go run a hundred mile race, right? Go run a hundred mile race. That's not fucking good for you, right? Like I said, zone two cardio, building an aerobic base is good for you. But the amount of wear and tear on your body from doing that is not healthy anymore. And it's really hard to have a great physique when you're running a, you know, there's, there's a handful of guys that do it likely, you know, have a little bit of help from the pharmacy, but I'm not even, I'm not even saying that's to take away from them. I'm just saying to maintain all your muscle mass while you run races like that is extremely difficult to do. And so you end up in that bubble by yourself. Does that mean you don't do it ever? No, it just means be aware. It just means be aware, right? If you go too far in the level of aesthetics, which to take it to its logical conclusion is a bodybuilding or a bikini show, when you're on stage having somebody judge your physique, that is, you know, as lean as you will ever look. The whole point of those competitions is to have as much muscle as possible, or I should say to get as lean as possible while maintaining as much muscle as possible. That's how you get a good physique. The day that they step on stage is the least healthy and the weakest that they'll ever be, right? And so I love the analogy of the Venn diagram just because it keeps you in check. It's like, dude, I could go all in on this circle over here, but 
I have to be aware that it's going to detract from the other two. And then I'm going to have to take a season after I go all in to come back and recover and balance myself back out. So I just think the, the visual of the Venn diagram lends itself well to letting you know how you can balance it out, how you can go all in on one area, et cetera, and, um, and never get lost, right? Never get lost thinking that one thing is better than the next. And then the final area that I want to talk about is preferences because because like dude I was very prescriptive in those things like this is I give a straight line to workouts because I hate wasted time and effort but if you like to do something that's not necessarily contributing to a straight line in the workouts the way I just talked about it's called a preference if you're aware of it it's called a preference and so you can consciously put it in and make sure it doesn't detract from the rest of your life or the rest of your workouts if you love fucking spin class Well, dude, build some spin classes in because you like doing it. It's not bad for you. It's just not a straight line to your goals, right? Um, If you love Orange Theory or like whatever, whatever, all the random shit, like there's, there's a million group classes out there and a group class by definition can't really be a straight line for you, right? Because it's trying to cater to too many people. Um, So that's fine though. If you love it for the community, if you love it for the social aspect, if you love it for the energy, awesome. Become aware of it and understand that it's your preference and then... Just approach that preference while keeping everything else in mind, and you'll be totally fine. You'll be totally fine. I don't I don't think life is worth living if we don't cater to our preferences a little bit. My whole point of this, well, or not even a little bit, a lot bit. <laughs> I, I I prefer, there we go, to live life, you know, by most of my preferences. However, I just want you to be aware of like what we're actually doing in the gym so you can marry the two. So you can marry your preferences with the most specific ways to move the needle forward in your fitness. And now you can be happy and you can be getting results and you're not confused. You're not playing tug of war in your own mind. That's the most important thing. So, um, you know, the point here is that to get out of your own way, which going back to the beginning, that's what we're talking about here. Coaches give you information to help you get out of your own way. What you need to know to get out of your own way in this context is just an overview. So what am I doing here? What is my overall intention? And then I know I need to know what does each specific workout do? And then what does each specific exercise in that workout do to move me forward? And what do I need to know in order to make progress there? Ask myself, where do my preferences fit in? And then here's the most important part. Once you know what you've got to do, to move the needle forward. And once you know what you like to do, which is your preferences, and you've married those two together, let go of any other false expectations or bullshit rules that you may have heard or have been put in your head somehow. You have to let them go. And if you can do that, that's when true clarity and true freedom comes into play. And now you're just going out and you're executing. You're doing things that you like. That's your preferences. You're doing things that move you forward. And you don't have some weird guilt or shame because your heart rate wasn't high enough or you didn't do fucking burpees in between your sets or whatever the case is. You can let go of all the false expectations and um, you know misguided rules that you've taken on, and you can just get to work and join yourself in making progress. If you enjoy this, do me a solid. Share it up on your story, screenshot, share it on your story, tag me, Paul.Lingzo. Um, you know, uh, that really, really spreads the reach of the podcast, which is awesome. So thank you guys for doing that. If you haven't already, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it and just leave a couple thoughts on the review tab on um, iTunes. That helps me kind of know what material lands with you and what doesn't. Dude, hit share. Hit the little share button. Text your buddy. Tell him, hey, dude, text your workout partner. Hey, let's talk about let's talk about this podcast and let's talk about what are our preferences. Let's talk about what we can do to get more specific on the results that we want. All right, that's what I got for you for today, guys. Have an awesome day, and I will talk to you soon.